This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. to address something off the top so this is the raptors reaction podcast of course the raptors just lost another game this time to the lowly detroit pistons who are the the owners of the second worst record in the nba and they weren't particularly close in this game they were smashed thoroughly there is a de-earth of talent and a willingness to use the talent on the roster I'm not saying Nick Nurse is running bad rotations out there. I don't think rotations would have saved this game at all. It's that players who are good at things are not fully buying into the all-encompassing play that leads to winning basketball. It could be anybody on the roster who is obviously well-equipped to get after loose balls or box out or play with that little extra edge during a closeout or a rotation, or a scram switch, or whatever, the Raptors don't have that. There is a very laissez-faire attitude that it just glosses over every single action they run offensively, every action they defend defensively, and it has completely destabilized what is happening there. Whether that's the onset of playing in Tampa Bay, having COVID run through basically the core of their team, Fred, Pascal, OG, and them coming back to a roster that is so far beneath 500 that those guys can't recognize that type of basketball because they've only ever played on the very, very winning Raptors. This is going to be somewhat of a shift, I think, in the Raptors Reaction podcast is that when you're covering a good team, you have to commit a lot of time to the scheme and the overall impact that the team is having, the way they play as a unit. But with the team playing so disjointed, you kind of have to cover them with an eye towards individual progress. And that's the thing is, when you pay attention to the team as a whole, you're going to notice some more concept stuff, some more scheme stuff, how they work in unison. But when you pay attention to certain players more often, you can pick up more of the minutia of how they make things work. And I think I've been doing a really good job of that in my written work But when you're talking about the Raptors, you want to cover the team on a game-to-game basis. Yes, you're going to address some of the meaningful progressions that are taken by singular players. 
but you're also going to be talking about what the team is doing at a team level and why they're winning. With the Raptors failing so often this season, I feel as though it's time to switch up the coverage to some degree. It won't be this game, but there are different ways to watch basketball, and you can't do everything all at once. I try my best to boil this stuff down for you guys, and I got to tell you, the reaction podcast going forward, I think will be a little bit more detailed when it comes to specific players. And that's probably what the coverage is going to be like. Because when your team is bad and they keep playing bad, you can only say, oh, they collapse the defense too often. The point of attack isn't good. They're, they're giving up corner three-pointers. They're not getting to the rim on offense. They're not getting free throws on offense. And you can only go over the same shortcomings so many times before you look at a team that is just not winning basketball games. And you have to start looking for small, small developments with Malachi Flynn or OG Ananobi or Gary Trent Jr., young players on the roster, and still keeping an eye on the guys who are in their prime, Pascal, Fred, and stuff like that. So just a heads up, I'll be watching with an eye for that a little bit more going forward. And yeah, my writing will reflect, will reflect that as well. So I guess something to stay tuned into. But this game, travesty is like a very harsh word to use, but it's not its not anything to be proud of for the Raptors. Basically, they were dominated by one of the worst teams in the league. They weren't well-equipped to deal with them. And it's not like the Pistons found an action that they were able to work through and get like a run at the end and dust the Raptors. It's that they were scoring en masse with a bunch of different players. So many different players hit double digits because the Raptors are breaking down. Like it's the bend don't break thing that they've always been so good at prior to this year. The Raptors, there's almost no bend. It's just break. It's like the brittlest stick. It is so fragile. And the integrity of their defense is, it's compromised on so many separate possessions that it's, it's just really tough. And then you have outstanding defensive possessions from OG Ananobi when he's in isolation that it'll just, the ball will end up going in the hoop anyway. It's bad vibes. It's bad luck because OG, you know, on Sadiq Bay had, he poked the ball loose twice, was just suffocating Bay. And Bay just kind of sweeps through from the logo, throws the ball up, and it's a bucket. And you look back to that Suns game where OG plays suffocating isolation defense on Devin Booker. He almost airballs. It catches the very back of the rim, and the Suns are able to get that offensive rebound. It's just like there are important and meaningful defensive stands that are being made by singular players. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi are all top-flight defenders who are capable of playing incredible scheme basketball and incredible isolation defense. None of them have been able to save the Raptors' defense this year. And it's because there's just too much going on. The Raptors surrender too many advantages. And the Pistons easily took advantage of that. It's they Their bench dominated in this game, scoring at will almost. And the Raptors, at the start of the game, I think it was pretty clean scramble basketball for the first five minutes. The rotations, I thought, were really good. They were intelligent because you see, like, they're loading up on Plumley. They send a double, and you can see the back end of the defense, the two guys who are moving in concert with one another, understand there's three guys to cover, and they have to make the Pistons pass to the least effective, the least potent guy, 
And then once it reaches his hands, they can collect themselves back together. And then the Pistons have less time on the clock, maybe not time to go into the post where the Raptors have their mismatch because they're playing small and they have to try and create off the dribble against a really good point of attack defender like OG, Fred, or Pascal. But when you have in the later parts of the game, those two guys who have to cover the three guys, if they're not working together well, and one guy could be making the complete right read, but the other guy is failing to complete his, it's your defense will be bad. It only takes one guy to be open, one guy to make a shot, and whether it's Hamadou Diallo or Corey Joseph, Frank Jackson, Sadiq Bey, Sabin Lee, whoever, right? The Raptors got rained on. And once they started getting rained on, the closeouts start getting a little bit more frantic. And once the closeouts get frantic, then driving lanes open up. And that's how you see Hamadou Diallo, who I can't believe. I can't believe the Thunder traded him because he's good. Hammy, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Just running loose. And Corey Joseph, my God, boogieing on the Raptors, getting past the first line of defense, getting to pop shots, layups, spot-up triples. It's the Raptors just, they can't defend worth their salt. And that's, that's the breakdown of the game. They need to cause a lot of turnovers to buoy their offense because while the half-court offense was trending in the right direction for a large part of the year, it isn't anymore. They're clearly lacking something, punch, creativity, whatever. And that's another thing too. Pascal Siakam, off the start of the game, got completely swept out of his rhythm because the start of the game, he created so many advantages. It's just he got right to the precipice where he gets to make the team pay. And he fumbled the bag. On numerous occasions, it's just bad passes, missed touch shots, a loose dribble at the wrong time, and getting bumped a little bit more than he's comfortable with, which, you know, maybe should be a foul, but doesn't end up as a foul. And suddenly, he's just way out of his rhythm. He can't shoot it either because now he's fading out to the three-point line because he went inside and he tried passing it on the interior and he tried finishing on the interior and between just the touch being off a tad or getting roughed up a little bit, he thought, okay, I'll slide out. We'll try and make something work. And the Raptors' best offensive weapon, which is Pascal, there's no doubt about it. When Pascal's going, nobody on the team gets close to providing what he does. Just last game and the game before, super impressive performances. But in this game, way off rhythm. Just wasn't able to lift the Raptors. And that's what the Raptors need. The Raptors can't have Pascal and Fred, you know, second tier all-stars or, you know, borderline all-NBA guys. They need for this roster, for the lack of shot creation that it has, you need just an all-out Harden or a LeBron James or something to completely transform how these guys get their shots because the Raptors aren't getting enough shots that they're comfortable with. And they don't have that. And so unless... OG, Fred, Pascal, Kyle, all work together and get really important stops on defense that jumpstart transition so that those 104-point games like tonight start to look like 112, 115. Then you take away the stops that they got on the other team. They're keeping them to like 107, 110. And that's where the Raptors win. But it's not always that simple. But I think that is the basic calculus for how the Raptors would win games with this roster. Their margins are thin. 
they're razor thin at this point, and they've been robbed of so much this year, playing at home, so many games missed with COVID, water rimouts at the end of the games, losing games, and it's tough. And this game was, this was not like one of their competitive good games. This was one of the games, second night of a back-to-back. Kyle Lowry's back, but it's their bench. They just can't survive any of the minutes. Transitional lineups are really tough. They can't survive those either. And they have to play their starters. They have to hope their starters absolutely annihilate the other team. And they have to hope for Fred, Pascal, and Kyle, those three especially, to lift up some bench units. It doesn't, whether the twosome is Fred and Pascal or Kyle and OG or any mix of those four guys, they need to be able to lift three other guys at a time. And the Raptors have to win those lineups, but they don't. So they lose these games. What do you lean into as a fan? OG Ananobi's development. This game, again, super impressive. Cleaned up a lot of the turnover problems that he had in the prior game where he had seven. Still working on ball. Getting those drag screens when he's taking the ball up the floor. Getting some flex action to get into the post. And right off the start of the game, he had Wayne Ellington on him in the post and was clearly calling for the ball, but... Fred waved them off. That bothers me. Let him let him eat in the post. Give him a post up. I mean, come on. Anyway, and Fred, not to say anything of Fred, but he was fantastic uh, to start the game. The pull-up three was going, working very diligently to try and manufacture shots and looks for his teammates. And, you know, this game fell to the wayside very quickly. And it wasn't the Pascal and Fred minutes, because that's usually the duo that the Raptors go with. It was the Lowry and Anobi stuff. And, Lowry is just, it's not, the intensity is not really there. It is there for pockets of the game, but it's not there for the full 48 or the full 23 that he played in this one. It's just, and maybe that's part of, like, partly that's him having a hurt foot, in which case, like, maybe just rest him. Maybe give him some some games off because if if he's going to be playing, like, 23 minutes and giving you, like, 10 and 2, Kyle is still a very good player. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, if you're going to be losing games where you're not even close to being in it like this one, maybe Kyle is off the floor doing the bench thing, playing golf on his off days, resting up. And man, it's a, it's a rough thing. Uh, Pascal continues to impress as a playmaker, I think. And he's been statistically immense just in the, the quality of shots he creates for his teammates. And, it's just the Raptors don't have enough of that on the roster elsewhere, and there's such a heavy burden on him. Gary Trent Jr., he shot the ball well in this game. Finally, uh, that three-point shot that everybody's been waiting for, connected on three of them, had some really nice check-down passes. Like, he had five assists, him getting the ball on the move, taking a couple dribbles, seeing how the defense responds, finding an open guy if he can. That's nice to see. He was not very successful getting all the way downhill, as many myself, you know, it's I don't have any written work on it, but you can listen to a few podcasts where I talk about that and expect him. That's something he has to work really hard at to get counters and combos to get to the rim or to finish around it. And this game, that was not successful for him. OG, yeah, continue to do your thing. Shoots super well against Coast Contest now. Is a bona fide 40% three-point shooter. I imagine he will be for a large portion of his career. I can't tell you how important that is, how meaningful that is. And the bent of creativity that we're seeing from game to game, 
I love it. But the Raptors' main guys, they they were underwhelming to some degree in this one. And it's just, they have to be so good to make up for their bench. Because the Raptors' bench, when it's 7-5-4, 4-4, that's 24 points from the bench. And my God, the Pistons' bench, just looking at now, 14, 19, 17, 12. It's, you're getting dominated. And that's, it's not half your minutes. But it's a large portion of your minutes and you're just getting beasted and feasted on by bench players on the other team. Your starters have to dominate the same way the bench players do. Otherwise, you're probably going to lose the game. And the Raptors, they lost the game. And even though Jeremy Grant was, they played excellent defense on him. Pascal and OG switching on and off and, you know, Gary Trent Jr., the odd possession. I thought they did a fantastic job lining up against him. But Sadiq Bey, Saban Lee, Isaiah Stewart, Hammy, Corey Joseph, all those guys slipping loose off ball and making them pay. Like Saban Lee had made four three-pointers, I'm pretty sure, this year prior to this game. He made two. I think it was two for two. Uh, yeah, two for two. He's not like known as like a superb shooter or anything. It's just... The Raptors kind of dictate that guys open up beyond the arc. And the Pistons in this one, they made them pay early. And the Raptors fell behind because they were shooting the three well. And then, as I said, the closeouts get frantic. There's more rim pressure. And they get dominated, man. In this one, just a tough game. And the Raptors, I'll be I'll be looking more specifically at certain players as we move forward. And maybe a little bit less attention on the overall scheme of things, because the overall scheme of things isn't a winning one. Why would I pay that much attention to something that I know and have said ad nauseum on these podcasts, this does not work, and the Raptors do not operate properly in this scheme. It is not to their benefit anymore, and the flashes of dominance they show defensively, whether it's at the end of the Phoenix game with the three-minute stretch that they don't score, almost four, or at the end of the Portland game, it's, it's not enough. Not enough to say, this is working. Keep hammering away at it. And so to maintain any optimism on this thing, instead of just having it be me getting on here after every game and saying, boy, these guys are getting smashed and dominated. I'm going to start looking for silver linings, if I can. So the Raptors, 118-104, they lose a game handily. And once again, they lose by 14. But it wasn't even that close. Thoroughly dominated absolutely smashed. Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to OG Ananobi because I like OG. And that defense on Grant, the ability to take on new roles and new possessions and keep working. I think he's had 20 plus games in a row where he's hit double digits. And that's not typically a Reggie Evans-ism. But when the Raptors are so, there's just malaise to everything they're doing. OG, if you watch this game, I can tell you, you'll be in agreement that he was working hard as hell. And I think he will. He's just not a guy, he clearly does not like losing. He plays winning basketball, makes the right plays all the time. And yeah, it's a uh, hell yeah, OG. Keep doing your thing. Top quick reaction comment is from Luro. Hey, Luro, uh, while I have you here. Thanks for listening to so much of my stuff and reading my stuff and always interacting with it means a lot. And uh, so thanks for reading. I appreciate it. Quote, uh, he put the link to Tankathon. So I won't say quote. He put the link to tankathon.com 
And then, quote, we are tied with Washington for sixth and a half game back of Cleveland, end quote. Yeah, so for those who are paying attention to the Raptors falling down the standings, every game they lose gives them a higher percentage of a what a lot of people like is a top four pick because of Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. What more people like is a top two pick because of Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. And what a lot of people want is that number one overall pick because Cade Cunningham, by the looks of it, not only is you know a transformative player for your team, but he could be so good that he's like an MVP candidate for the league. And... You know, you can never tell all the time with players, but some guys have the markers of just world-ending beings on the court, and he's ticking off a lot of those. So he's he's a guy to pay attention to if you're interested in that stuff. Jalen Suggs in Gonzaga, uh, Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy are all pretty fun. And uh, Nimhart, I believe, Nimhart, uh, Canadian. So guys to pay attention to. It's, uh yeah. I'd, uh, if you can watch a Gonzaga game, that'd be fun for you probably. They play a pro-style offense that is a little bit easier on the eyes than a lot of the typical college basketball. So, yeah, if you're a Raptors fan and they keep falling down the standings, maybe direct some of your YouTube time or TV time towards highlight film of uh, top flight prospects and see if there's guys you like. But thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I have been Samson Folk. Have been. I am Samson Folk. I have been your host and am your host. But uh, since I haven't said it in like months, if you want to rate, review, and subscribe, whatever that looks like to you, uh, if it's good stuff, that would be super meaningful. If it's bad stuff, uh, keep it to yourself, please. Unless there's constructive criticism with a five-star rating. I know I'm being picky, but uh, I hope you like my stuff. You're 21 minutes into this podcast, so I hope you do it. If you're hate listening, uh, you can keep that to yourself too. Not that I'm upset at you, just that it would hurt my feelings, I think. So if you want to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, feel free to do it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.